We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing good. It never gets old here in the partner in crime. I love it. <laughs> good. I sitting here watching the Red Sox Yankees game, and initially, question right off the bat for you: Are you sending Aaron Judge? I think that's the question that everybody needs to know because that, oh man, that's just brutal. No, I mean there, there was absolutely no reason for that. There's there's one out and you're chasing two. Uh, if there's two outs, probably. If uh, we're tied with two outs, I'm definitely sending him. But like, it just makes no sense right there. And I don't know what Phil Nevin was thinking. I don't know if he was like, oh, I don't know if Bogarts is going to get to this or what, but. Um, yeah, it was just weird, weird decision. They also mentioned in the game that the Yankees have been the most thrown out team at home plate this year, tied with the Royals. That could have cost them a home playoff game. And who knows, Stanton's two home runs or two balls off the top of the wall probably get out in Yankee Stadium, and this is a totally different game. So I, I don't know. This uh, it's it do, It's not a good look for Phil Nevin. No, not at all, and I, I'm in 100% agreement with you. Like, that was the first thing that I said was, why the hell are you sitting here? Like, we're obviously not at the game. We're watching it on TV, but when a throw gets, you know, to home plate and the runner isn't even on the screen yet, you know it might have been a bad decision, like, altogether. That, that's just my thought about it. And you look at it, and it, it was like, like Phil Nevin was thinking about it the entire, like, his entire route, he was watching, and it, and then right when Bogarts got the ball, it felt like it was like, okay, we're going to go. And it was like, what? Like, why are you – like, he made a very late decision to send Judge there. And, and again, like, like you said, it probably did cost them – I don't know if it cost them the game, but it cost them at least a close game as we're watching this, you know, here 
I think it's going to be the bottom of the eighth inning, and it's six to one. And I mean, just a huge change in in momentum. And as you and I both know, that's the name of the game in in postseason, especially with home field advantage, and there being fans in the stands. Like, yeah, home field advantage is humongous, and especially in a Yankees Red Sox game, and that big of a rivalry. You knew the Red Sox fans were going to be going nuts, and yeah, it was just. It was tough. It, it was it was a tough one to watch, and yeah, I, I'm with you on that. If I'm at third base, I am not sending him at all. I'm not being that. You need to be 100%. The judge is going to make that home, and and judge is very fast, as we saw. I think that same inning, how judge got on base, he he beat out the infield single to Bogarts, and judge is extremely fast, but just not that fast that you know. I think it was Stanton hit the hit 114 mile an hour double off the wall. I think it what it was is what it was, and. Just yep. unbelievable! Like, yeah, I couldn't do that. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm a very aggressive base coach at third base, and you know, I've, I've been a third base coach. It, it's fun. It's very challenging. I'll tell you that. Have you ever been a third base coach before? Like a legit, like, of course. Yeah. Being a head coach, that's kind of your role. Yeah. No, it's, it's difficult. I. I got to learn that the hard way in college. You know, it is a difficult thing. Uh, but, you know, when you make the right call and, it, and it's a bang-bang play and hands up being safe, that's, you know, how you, you know, that that's the gratifying feeling about it. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm not sending him, and, and it basically costs them postseason. And is Aaron Judd, or is Aaron Boone on the hot seat? I think he was at one point. I think that would be a huge mistake if you're the Yankees to get rid of Aaron Boone. I don't know if there's a another guy to go get right now that's going to be better than Aaron Boone. I think he does a really good job of of uh, maintaining the uh, the clubhouse. I know that's a that's a really tough job. He's got a lot of egos in there. Um, he does a really good job with the fans. I know. He was wearing it a lot early when, I think it was like June, that, that people were saying, oh, the Yankees are out of it. They're not making the playoffs. And, you know, he just does a really good job there in New York. And I think that's a tough job. It, it definitely is a tough job to be the manager of the New York Yankees. And I think he does an excellent job of that. So I think it would be a mistake. But, you know, the way things are going, it would not surprise me if Aaron Boone gets fired for making the playoffs, which is hilarious being an Angel fan, because we've seen, what, three managers in six years not make the playoffs? Yeah, and you mentioned it. We would throw the guy for rape making the playoffs. Oh, he would become an automatic hero in Anaheim if, if anybody made, you know, helped the Angels make it to the postseason. And, yeah, you know, you, you mentioned it. It's, it's the toughest job in, in baseball, if not in all of sports, minus probably you look at, like, the Cowboys Head coach, Maybe that's even USC. USC. Like, yeah, yeah, big name football school. That's tough, but yeah, being a Yan- being the Yankees manager, the toughest you know job in in all of baseball. So, guys, as always, just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Everybody that goes into this, if you want to join us for a podcast, I am more than happy to have you guys on and talk a little bit of Angels baseball once the postseason's over. We'll start getting that going. So, if you're listening to this, want to join us for. I think we did the little talking fan segment last year, which was a lot of fun. Uh, just message me on on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim's. I'll get you on. We can talk some Angels baseball. You, me, and Nate. You can vent. You can do whatever you want. You know, 
keep it R-rated, but I don't mind. And like I said, follow PG, us. PG, oh, not R-rated. Oh, you're right. No, no, keep We're it R-rated. Keeping it R-rated is what makes this fun. Yeah, keep it PG. Wow. Yeah, not R-rated. R-rated would be bad. Actually, no. Uh, uh, I had to correct you there. You know, I didn't want us want us to get it in trouble for for something stupid. Talking ha- talking Halos. Uh, what, is, what would it be? Talking Halos after dark would be the R rated version. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that'd be that'd be kind of interesting. So maybe that's another. Maybe that's for a, a a different podcast. But yeah, it'd be uh it'd be fun to have some some fans on talking little Angels baseball with us. We can, you know, go through it together. You know, so and give us guys one second to pay the bills. What's going on, everybody? I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you'll get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting sites would charge you just for the initial setup fee. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sporting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. And now, back to talking Halos. All right, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling. We have a lot of, well, a good amount of Angels baseball news, per se. I know we talked a little bit of postseason and as we are doing this podcast it's the bottom of the eighth inning of the wild card game the yankees are down six to one we'll kind of see where it goes i I have a feeling the yankees are gonna make it somewhat of an interesting game here with the red sox bullpen but let's talk some angels baseball and the first thing that i want to bring up perry manasian had his end of the year press conference with everybody and one of we'll just kind of go through that in a sense kind of I basically have all of Sam Blum's tweets up right now because he did a very good job with you know the I guess play-by-play of this press conference and yeah we'll just kind of start where where this come where this goes and and the first thing I want to talk about is Perry Manassian didn't comment on ML of any of the coaches coaching staff uh, on the MLB team, though Joe Madden did say that he would like to have everybody back. Nate, I don't know, initial thoughts on this with the coaching staff? Do we think that they did an okay job? Like, I, I, I don't know. You know, that's what, how much can a coaching staff do really, you know? I, I would be really shocked if everyone returns. Honestly, I think they, they never technically uh, took the interim tag off the, of our pitching coach. Um, Matt Wise, they never, and I don't know, I, I feel like with, with Joe, it's it's a lot of guys that he trusts, and there's some good things to that, and there's some bad things to that, and I think that um, Perry wants to come in and say, like, hey, Joe, like, I understand that this is your ship, but, like, we're not winning, so we're going to have to do some things, we're going to have to make some changes, and, you know, you can either jump on board, or, you know, we can find somebody else who, who will be on board, and I think that's that's really the way that he's going to look at this because 
this is Perry's one real shot to be a GM. I mean, you've seen uh, only one other Angels GM in the past, what, three get another GM job? Jerry DePoto was the, the last one, I think. But, um, yeah, for the most part, these guys are getting one shot and they're not doing well because, you know, maybe they're not making all the decisions. And so I think that's a big thing for Perry is he's, he really wants to make decisions here. And, and I think the biggest thing in life is one of those where it's like, Hey, you don't want to live with regrets of doing it someone else's way. You want to do it your own way. And I think Perry has really shown that through, um, the trade deadline. I don't know if it was really shown too much, uh, during the off season, but during the draft and during the trade deadline, it really looked like it was Perry's way or the highway, and I, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I think that if you're going to be put in a position like this, it's, you got to do that at, at some point. Yeah, there's got to be a good communication between a GM and a manager, though. I think that it, it needs to be very good, like perfect communication, and it doesn't need to be exact communication like it doesn't need to be good communication it can be bad communication you know like people are going to get into arguments if you're together for 162 games you know eight nine months out of the year you're, you're going to get into arguments and and sometimes they're bad and sometimes they're good and it makes people stronger and it makes people you know get fired and and leave so yeah i, I i'm i'm with you it, it'll be interesting to see i mean the first name that comes to mind when it comes to pitching coach, I mean, there's a couple. You've mentioned it before. You know Jared Weaver, yes, 100%. Like you, you, to bring that in would be would be fantastic. I don't know if it ever happens. I just don't, you know, I don't know what kind of relationship that Weave has with the Angels. It just doesn't, it seems like if, you know, that was going to happen, it would have already happened. And I, I, I don't know. That's That's kind of just my two cents about it. And that's fine, you know, but but the next name that comes to mind, and I don't know where he stands and if he would even want to, you know, go down because, go, I mean, I guess kind of, you know, take a step down, but Bud Black, you know, would make a ton of sense to me. That's going to be my next one. Yeah, yeah, Bud Black, if he gets let go by the Rockies, which it doesn't seem like he's going to because, did any managers even get fired? I feel like a lot of managers get fired like the day after. Did I've any, seen two. Did two get, okay. I was going to say, I didn't... It one, wasn't. one and a half. Okay. One and a half. I, oh, I saw Jason yes. Tingler. Uh, it looks like he was fired for San Diego. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like uh, Luis Rojas of the Mets will not be returning. His contract was technically up, but, you know, fired. Yeah, I don't know. I Like I said, it, it wasn't like... Was it the social year or was it... I think it was the social year where it felt like every, like a lot of teams got rid of their managers. So... I don't know. I I don't think that Bud Black's going anywhere in Colorado. I sure as heck would want out of Colorado if, if it was me, but that's just me. And, you know, I, like I said, it's it'll be kind of interesting. And, and update on the game here, guys. Uh, John Carlos Stanton just went yards, so 6-2 with one out. It'll be interesting to see what, what ends up happening. So, But back onto the coaching staff. Yeah, the Angels definitely need to get some type of pitching coach in there, even if it's a Mickey Calloway type of guy, which I don't know if it will be. I don't know whose decision that that really was to bring in Calloway, but it, it, it's hard to say that you know they knew kind of what was going on with that whole situation. So, next thing on our list, Sam mentioned that 
Perry Manassian said pitching will be the main priority this offseason, of course. But, Nate, the Angels are also in dire need of a shortstop. Do you have any, do you have any names off you know, the top of your head that you can think of that might make a little bit of sense or that you'd like to see wearing Angel Red next year? Well, I'll believe the pitching thing when I see it, when they actually, you know, go get real pitching and not, you know, one-year, 34, 32-year-olds coming off a down season. Like, if I see that again, then this is a joke, and this organization deserves to get fourth and fifth place every year like they've been. Um, Shortstop-wise, we talked about this a little bit off the record today. Um, Obviously, you would love to see a Trevor Story, uh, a Corey Seager. I would not personally like to see Javier Baez. I I wouldn't mind seeing Carlos Correa, even though he's probably the most hated man in baseball. But he is young. He's very good at the baseball. Um, I, I think it would depend on the money. But, yeah, I think those three names obviously are going to be interesting. But just a weird one. Gavin Lux would be a name that could potentially come up. I think the Dodgers are going to be losing some depth here. Um, Chris Taylor's a free agent. Trey, uh, Trey Turner has one more year. Uh, Corey Seager's a free agent, like I just mentioned. Justin Turner's getting up there in age. I think he has two more years of team control. Um, so they do have some things that that could that could be, you know, I think Kershaw's a free agent, Jansen's a free agent, Scherzer's a free agent. Uh, Trevor Bauer's probably not coming back. So, like, they've got a lot of pieces that they could be losing. And, you know, Gavin Lux hasn't really performed to the level that the the Dodger fans and the Dodger organization was hoping for. And they have a young kid uh, who I think made it up to double-A this year who they are really, really high on. So I could easily see that being a possibility. I think he makes a lot of sense. The Angels uh, have been wanting some left-handed power. I think Gavin Lux would bring that. He plays a pretty good shortstop. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it would just be fun to see the Angels get a young guy who could really hold down shortstop for five or six years. Uh, because Simmons, I guess, two or three years. But, yeah, it's been a while since we've had an everyday guy that it's like, hey, this guy's penciled down at shortstop for the foreseeable future. So uh, that's kind of the one name that stood out to me. Yeah, you know, we talked about it off the record earlier today and, you know, kind of hinted that we might talk about it today uh, on the podcast. But, yeah, it is – Gavin Lux makes a lot of sense. The Angels have had, you know, some some luck with trading with the the Dodgers in the past. And I air quote, in a sense, luck because there was a trade that got, you know, vetoed by a certain person in the Angels organization. We don't need to go into that in the past, but, you know – that is there, and like you said, Lux or yeah, Kevin Lux does kind of make a lot of sense to me. I, I'm I'm kind of in on that. You know, it, it's it'll be interesting to see. You know, what direction they go, and we can stay with the the shortstop news. And Perry also said that he could see David Flesher moving to shortstop next year. Uh, it's been discussed, but it's not a definite. I, I worry about that. Like, I'm not. I wouldn't be upset to see. David Fletcher and Mike Stefanik or David Fletcher and Luis Renifo up the middle. That wouldn't bother me in in the least bit. But as long as David Fletcher is batting in the nine hole, I think the Angels will be okay. 
and as long as they stay healthy. Though I, I just don't think that David Fletcher is really a shortstop at the end of the day. Putting him at shortstop, too, I don't know how much better that makes your defense. Like, is there a shortstop or a second baseman out there that you're just like, oh my gosh, he's going to be a automatic gold glover. He's going to make us better. Um, and and he's going to save us money from going to get a big-name free agent shortstop where we're going to go get Max Scherzer or, you know, maybe a Justin Verlander or something like that. Because if you're just moving David Fletcher to short because, you know, you think he makes a better shortstop, I, I think that's a, a big mistake because, honestly, if you're moving him there, for me, it's got to be a money thing. You know, shortstops tend to make more than second basements. And, you know, if pitching really is going to be a priority, then I, I guess, but it, it you just got to sign the big guys if, if that's what's going to happen. Yeah, if you're moving David Fletcher to shortstop, you better be spending $50 million on pitching this offseason. You know, end of story for me. I think that's kind of where I'm going to stand. And, and it's probably going to change for me a little bit, and you guys will probably hear it on this podcast saying that, you know, hey, the Angels should go get Carlos Correa, or hey, the Angels should go get, you know, this guy or that guy, or, or trade for somebody. And I think a trade possibility makes a lot more sense than going and 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 signing somebody just because of the needs that the Angels have. However, if the Angels were to get Scherzer and, and Verlander and Kershaw and, you know, fill the bullpen with dudes, then I would probably not be upset with seeing David Fletcher at shortstop at the end of the day. Just just my two cents on it. So on to the next thing. And Perry said that he would not label any prospects or players as untouchable in terms of being traded. I would assume there are probably two or three untouchables, and that's Trout, Rendon, and Otani. However, in Otani... I would say it's just Trout or Otani. Yeah, yes. I, I don't disagree with that, you know, but I don't think anybody's really going to trade for Anthony Rendon. Um, just, it doesn't mean he's not no, untouchable. It just means that no one's going to trade for him. Yeah, and, and I'm sure teams are going to you know, maybe call about Rendon or maybe call about Trout or maybe call about Otani, and, and you know it's going to get shut down real quick just because they have to have that. But, yeah, that kind of really shows that the Angels are, are going to be making some big moves. Like last year, I think it was, or the last you know offseason under Billy Epler, it was Adele's a no-go, um, Marsh is a no-go, or maybe it was last season, Perry's you know first first season here, it was Adele, Marsh, Rodriguez, and Detmers. You can't you can't touch them, and now you know everybody is a possibility. So yeah, it, I, like I said, I think we're going to talk about it a lot this offseason. It's going to be a a big offseason for the Angels, and it'll be very interesting to see at the end of the day. What happens? And kind of a big thing that happened this offseason, too, was the injuries. And the next thing that Perry and those guys had to say was that they're going to, you know, really look into why all the injuries happened. And one of the big injuries was Chris Rodriguez, and they're already expecting him to not be ready for spring training. But they did say Mike Trout should be ready for spring training, which we're one day into the offseason here, I guess two days into the offseason, does does it really worry you, you know, that we're talking about Mike Trout, who's been out since May, and Chris Rodriguez, who's been out since July, August, you know, that they those guys aren't going to be ready for spring training, which is 
three, four months away? 100 percent, Jared. And and I think it really goes back to our conversation a, a week or two ago where it was, hey, what in the heck is going on with our training stuff and what in the heck is going on with our our weight room? Like, are, are we taking care of business or is it like a loosey-goosey system where, uh, you know, you go in, do whatever you want, and you get out. There's no structure. There's no... Uh, no guidelines or no suggestions. It's really just, hey, go in, get huge, and get out. Um, and then the trainer room, just like, hey. Um, I, I remember in high school where, you know, if a guy gets hurt, it's, oh, just uh, just go put some ice on it and stem. It'll be fine. Like, the guy's got a broken ankle. What do you mean put some ice and stem on it? That's not going to help anything. So, like, it, it's a it's a big deal to me to, to know what's going on in there and, I think that this really screams what is going on there because we had a lot of injuries this year. We had a lot, a lot of long-term injuries where it was, you know, the Dexter Fowler one, kind of a freak one, torn ACL. But, like, the Trout one, that should not have been the entire season. Chris Rodriguez was out for a long time. Um, and, and I do think that this, with Chris Rodriguez, just shows that he needs to be in the bullpen. I know a lot of Angel fans thought, you know, he looked good as a starter. He uh, he looked good out of the pen as well. But I know a lot of people are like, oh, this guy's going to be in the starting rotation for the next five, six years. But I think uh, just looking at his injury history and everything, it makes way more sense for this guy to stay in the bullpen and monitor him a little bit more closely and make sure that he can pitch some big innings for the Angels later on um, in August, September out of the pen and almost be – that Frankie Rodriguez from, you know, the 2002 team. Yeah. With Chris Rodriguez, we mentioned that Francisco Rodriguez comp, and it's eerily similar in a sense, that violent delivery with the disgusting off-speed pitch and a change-up in the works and, and the fastball that plays up. It's It just has the makings of Francisco Rodriguez written all over it. And Frankie's, a, in my opinion, a borderline Hall of Famer for what he did. Uh, in his tenure with the Angels, and he went to the Mets and was really good, and he even he had a long, you know, really good career. But yeah, back onto the injuries, it's I, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, I, I'm that's just not something that I've ever questioned or asked about in the organization, and it might be something to question and and ask about. But yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, it, it's just it's it, it's the weirdest of things to me that. You know, these injuries are happening, and and I, I wish I, I really do wish I knew more. I just don't, I couldn't tell you guys. I, I have I have no clue. So last order of business here, I think we're going to kind of keep this one short since we went longer. On Monday with this podcast, who do you want to see in center field next year? It's not a trick question either. Like, do you want no, Marsh no, I, or Trout? I, I know. I mean, Mike Trout is obviously a great answer, and, I think it depends on what Trout looks like when he comes back. Is he still nursing an injury, or is he ready to go? I think long-term, Mike Trout makes the most sense in right field, honestly. I do. I think Brandon Marsh played a really, really good center field. Obviously, this could easily change if a Brandon Marsh trade happens, and you know we go get a, a dude on the mound, and it's like, well, you know, Trout in center is not the, not the worst option. But from a physical body standpoint, center field – is one of the hardest positions to play, uh, easiest one of the easiest spots to get hurt. And, you know, 
Mike Trout, honestly, by the metrics, is a below-average center fielder. So does he need to be out there? No. Could, could he do exactly the same thing in right field? Probably. Um, it's not going to change his hitting. He is going to continue to go out there and rake. So I think Brandon Marsh in center field would not be the worst thing in the world. And I think, honestly, it makes the Angels better because I think Joe Adele plays a better left field than he does, a, does right field. Uh, and that's weird to say, but I think he does. Um, and, and, I mean, we saw this – I'm sorry, I'm going to go off on a weird tangent here, but we saw this with Ichiro when he came over from Japan. They said he was a center fielder. They said he, he would play center field 160 games a year. And he told, the, he told the Mariners, like, no, I'm playing right field. And they were like, why? He was like, because I know playing right field I will not get hurt. And that was a big thing with Ichiro. He wanted to play every single day, and he did not want to be hurt. And he said playing center field was too rough on his body. So I think it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to see Mike Trout in right field next year and Brandon Marsh starting in center field, especially the way he ended his season in August, September. I'm in agreement with you. I like, You know, Mike Trout makes his money on the offensive side of things and he's the best offensive player in baseball, and that's not going to go away from him for a while until the bat slows down because it will inevitably slow down. But I've asked this question before. What does Trout look like when he's not Mike Trout? You know, like, does he turn into Nelson Cruz? You know, like, he's not quite as fast. You know, he's not going to be a good defender, but he's still going to rake. And we're seeing Nelson Cruz still play baseball, and he's, what, 41, 42? So, like, I, I don't think Mike Trout's going anywhere, and I think he's going to end up being the best player in baseball. And moving him to right field can only make him better. And that's a really weird thing to say. I don't know, you know, if that makes a lot of sense, but Trout's like basically getting dinged for being in center field and not being very good defensively. If he went to right field or left field and became an average defender he would become that much more valuable. Like, when you look at war, like, not the defense is really taking him down at all in war, but it kind of, you know, in a sense is. Like, he could be a 10-win player every single year because of just the bat and being an average player instead of or a slightly above average defender and right, you know. So I, I'm, I'm with you there. I think that it, you know, takes some toll off his body and – he can still go out there and play defense. He still has the arm to go play in the outfield. You know, he keeps his longevity a little bit longer. And, and again, like, when Mike Trout gets, you know, worse, what does he turn into? Nelson Cruz. And Nelson Cruz is still absolutely mashing the ball and might end up being, probably is going to be a borderline Hall of Famer when it's all said and done because of the back half of his career. So you want to because of the steroids. Well, I mean, you're not wrong, but so be it. <laughs> and I think there's another guy you can compare him to is Torrey Hunter, which I know is a lot of Angel Angel fans' favorite uh, player from from that you know 2010 to 2014 era. Um, I, I think that's basically what he becomes is a, a little bit more offensive threat. Torrey Hunter, where he's going to have fun out there, he's going to be a leader, um, quiet leader, of course, but he's still going to be a dude on on the field. And I think Torrey Hunter. Yeah, he made the switch from center to right, and he still played relatively good defense. So that's that's kind of what you would hope for out of Trout is his defense gets a little better. He still rakes, and you know 
Brandon Marsh plays really good defense in center, and Joe Adele plays good defense in left, and you're looking up saying, wow, this outfield is really fast, really athletic, and doesn't let the ball drop, the no-fly zone. Yeah, you know, that's that's exactly what the Angels outfield could be. For a while there, the Angels had one of the best defensive outfields in baseball, and, and we don't need to talk about what the Angels have done defensively lately because it just hasn't been good, <laughs> to, to say the least. So that's, you know, if your you boy want to... Makes it, your boy makes it hard to be good. Yeah, who's my boy? Justin Upton. Yeah, so be it. You know, it it is what it is. But, yeah, I, I'm... Um, I'm with you on that. I think that Trout going to right field can only make him better. And and if you know you want to compare him to, you know, a better hitting Tory Hunter, a, you know, a Nelson Cruz offensively, Tory Hunter defensively, back half of his career, you know, Trout's going in, you know, the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer, for what he's done in the first half of his career. And and I, I want to see Trout, you know, win a World Series. I want to see Trout go to the playoffs as an Angel. I want to see. Trout finishes career as an angel and, and just continue to be Mike Trout. So, Nate, any final thoughts here before we let everybody go? Nope. Um, just excited to continue to watch playoff baseball. Hopefully uh, next year we're talking about the Angels and who they're going to be playing in the first round of the playoffs. So. Yeah, that'll be exciting. We'll be able to keep the everyday podcast going at that point, or at least Monday through Friday. And... Yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited to talk a little off-season Angels baseball and, and clue everybody in on the postseason. And, um, yeah, so Red Sox won as well. You know, I guess the hope just... begins now. Yeah, yes it does. So, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can follow us on all of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Nate on Twitter at NateGreen34. Go complain to him. He loves it. If you want to join us for a podcast, just shoot me a message on Twitter. And guys, thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.